Coming to you from the world of AV programming and control with James King. I'm Steve Greenblatt, and this is Ask the Programmer. Hey, James, good to be back with you again. Oh, it's great to be back, Steve. Uh, looking forward to this topic. Uh, this is going to be a good one. Sure is. Uh, we're, we're actually very um, pleased to have uh, a fan of the show and our first guest. And um, I'll let uh, James introduce her. And we're, we're excited to be joined uh, by Aaron Mayer Moran. Um, thank you, Steve. Yeah, it's great to have Aaron on here. Um, I won't do much talking, but give a quick intro. Aaron is a member of the Slack group I run. Um, also, she is a fellow board member of HEPMA, and she works in higher ed as well. So over to you, Aaron. Why don't you give our listeners a little background? Well, hi. Thanks for having me. And it's awesome to be able to actually come onto a podcast and talk about programming because most of the ones that I've been on recently, they're very focused on the higher ed technology management and not as much on what I really like to do, which is programming. But yeah, I work for Johns Hopkins University. And as you can see from my lovely logo, uh, my department has a really cute name, but we do a lot of really amazing things on the Homewood campus of Johns Hopkins University. Um, we do all of the uh, designing, installing, support of um, all the AV systems uh, in the general pool classrooms, as well as a lot of the departmental spaces too. So if, see if you don't mind, uh, first question for Aaron. Um, as someone who works in higher education, you mentioned it's great to be on a podcast that's focused on programming. Why is that? Well, I feel like it's one of the aspects that a lot of podcasts really don't delve into. A lot of them are about the equipment side of things or the people management or just all, all other topics, but just none really focuses on the, the stuff that really kind of makes a system go. You can put all the equipment into a room but it's the programming that really makes it all happen from their perspective. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think so many people have to have to hear that. And it's really great actually coming from someone who is potentially uh, either a client or, or the direct, uh, the, the, the direct connection to a client, because very often in my experience, programming has been thought of as that, that, that added thing that you have to get done. And it's the, you know, it's always the, the, the nemesis of a, a, an integration project because it's the one that's so intangible and hard to deal with. And, and you have to deal with that programmer who's to, who you have to wrangle and make sure that they don't get themselves in trouble. And, and it's, it's so nice to hear that, that, that it's looked at as being the, the important part of a project, because I, I've been trying to say that for, for years and years. Absolutely. It's, it's always downplayed. And I think people don't really think about it as much. And especially, um, I think when 
quotes come in for projects and they look and they see how much the programming costs, the jaws drop and they're like, does it really cost that much? And I think people lack an understanding of what really goes into programming a system, especially if it's a uh, large custom job uh, that's something relatively new that may not have a lot of pre-made modules for or just something that you haven't quite had a lot of experience in. It takes a little bit of time. Yeah, I, I find um, just like we as AV pros always say AV is brought to the table late because everyone's like, oh, yeah, the room's done. Now let's talk about AV. Now, program is to me is that is to AV where it's like, OK, we got all our equipment. We got all the wiring. Well, now let's talk about programming. It's always the last to the table. Um, I think Aaron said it pretty well. And it's one of those things is, yes, a user can look at a projector and go, okay, this projector is brighter than the next one, but they can't look at code. They don't, they don't know unless it's experience. I, I, I would also agree with that as well. I mean, this is, uh, you, you guys just keep on preaching because this is really something that has to be heard. Quite honestly, it's, it's, it's such a hard thing to explain to people that don't appreciate it. And so I guess one of, one of my questions is, is how, Aaron, how has the, your background in programming helped you be able to oversee your department and also the, the, the type of projects that you undertake? Because from my perspective, and, and we haven't, um, known each other very long, but as uh, it sounds like you're fully an in-house integrator, it, it, it sounds like to me. Yeah, we um, probably 10 years ago was about the time when we really started to take on doing a lot of our own projects and even some of the more complex ones. Sometimes some of the bigger ones, uh, if it's labor intensive, we'll, we'll have to pass on. Um, and also it depends on my schedule because there are just some programs that are going to be a little too much time and I j it's just time I don't have. But um, I have been doing uh, control system programming for 20 years now, 20 plus years. I'm trying to think of when I took my first uh, first class over in New Jersey. and uh, But it's been a while. And that was one of my main selling points when I got my job at Johns Hopkins, because they were like, we have this building full of these systems. It'd be great if we could get someone who would be able to look at the, you know, the facility but also be able to make those little changes when we have a new projector that we put in and maybe the codes aren't exactly correct. And, um, or when we need to add something new, like when they took out VGA and had to add HDMI, that would have taken uh, a whole lot of hours for an outside programmer to, to take care of. But for me, it was a pretty easy peasy job and I could do it in between classes if I needed to, uh, you know, even if I just had an hour time slot to upload some code, 
it was easy enough to do. So as I have been at Hopkins for a while, they recognized that there was a need to have a full-time programmer. And so all I had done for a while was um, the control system programming, the um, web kind of portal um, backend upkeep, and uh, also the the team's uh, website. So, but after a while, uh, now that things are getting a little more set it and forget it, I wasn't, didn't have as much things to do. And as the team grew and changed, they realized we need somebody to kind of keep an eye on all of it. So then I moved up to supervisor, then up to manager. Um, But I feel like because I have that programming background, it's always going to be thing that, that I want to do, uh, even though I'm now encouraging some of my staff members to take programming classes. And uh, one of them even, or my system designer apologized because he was like, well, some of the systems I'm designing now don't necessarily need programming. They need more configuration. And I was like, that's fine. That is okay. I don't need to be programming as much these days. So, but I appreciated the, uh, the effort. <laughs> That's good. a lot of what, what uh, I would then think of a programmer being. And from what I heard in your explanation is kind of almost like the conductor, the, the one who knows how to play the different instruments, but is not necessarily the expert. So you, you know how everything should work and how it should sound, but you don't do all, all of the, the pieces to make everything come together. It, it sounds like that experience of programming kind of relates to that type of a role. Absolutely. That's a good analogy. That is a very good one. Um, so I have a question for you, Aaron. You've been saying you've been programming AV for 20 years, which is outstanding. Um, I am fairly new to the game. I've only been doing AV programming probably six to seven years now. Um, but in my experience, and I'll take this phrase from Tim Albright, I am where I am. I am a middle-class white male. So I, that's all I have experience of. Can you, you as a female in programming, which is I, I think is not heavily female oriented, can you ex- talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it's um, the first class I took I was the only woman in the class. And I'm definitely glad to say that over the years, that has changed a little bit. Not a whole lot, not a whole lot, but it's a, I think sometimes it's not something as much that appeals to women uh, because it's, it's much more, uh, I can't think of how to put it, but it's, it's very, it's got a lot of moving parts to it and there's no real definitive answer a lot of times where programming kind of, you need to both sides of your brain to really put together 
cohesive program, especially if you're also doing the uh, graphic interface too, um, which is can be very design oriented, which then balances off to the you know other side of the brain of the programming and all the ones and zeros and um, so it's it's been uh, quite a journey and I've heard a lot of it's uh, a lot of stuff over the years of oh you're a programmer and I'm like why well, yes I am and they're like oh my company probably comes in and fixes your like <laughs> excuse me I a lot of times go through code and then fix it <laughs> so that it runs the way that I need it to run anyway. So I'm just like, oh, mm -mm. I'm glad that the tide is changing in our industry. There's there's not as much of the AV cowboys anymore. So it makes it a lot easier, I think, for women to want to be part of the industry too. I agree there. Um, could you real quick, maybe give some pointers for uh, if a female wants to get into programming? I would say that, um, you know, imposter syndrome be damned. You deserve to be here. You can do whatever you want. And if, uh, don't let anybody discourage you. I think that that's really great advice. And thank you again for being so um, persistent in getting to where you are because you're a role model and I'm sure that others appreciate it too. I, I think, you know, we'll, we'll, as we wrap up, one of the things that James and I talk a lot about is, is community. And that's what Ask the Programmer is about. Are there places that you look to, to uh, be able to engage with others that may be in your shoes or that, or, or how do you go about, um, uh, connecting and networking with with other programmers. As always, uh, gotta give a shout out to the Higher Ed AVIT Slack group. That is a fantastic resource for both you know both sides of, of what I do between uh, managing and programming. Um, there's also some groups on Facebook that are. Um, specific to the um, certain control systems be very helpful. Um, but yeah, the, the big ones. No, those are great. I, James often says, and I think if we had another title for the asset programmer, it would probably be a person on an island that seems to come up in about half of our episodes. So we're trying to use ask the programmer as a way to give people that life life raft. So, um, uh, but you know, in wrapping up, um, thank you for being um, joining us today, and thank you for listening, and and uh, we we look forward to having you on uh, and speaking some more about some of the the, the topics that you have as well. Um, how can people get in touch with you and and learn more about what you're up to? You can find me on LinkedIn as well as on Twitter at smearin underscore off underscore ice. It's a whole. It's a whole story. It's my roller derby name. 
Very cool. Um, James, uh, why don't you remind everyone how to get in touch with you and also share what, what you've been up to? Uh, sure. So as always, you can get me on Twitter at uh, AV underscore James King. I am on LinkedIn, not as much as I would like, but I am on there. As Aaron also mentioned, we got the higher ed AV IT Slack group, uh, active on HEPMA. Uh, and I also a writer for the higher ed digital magazine, uh, IT and AV column. And uh, for me, you can reach me simply on social media at Steve Greenblatt. But what's most important to, to James and me is that you uh, connect with us uh, to talk about programming. So please reach out and let us know what you think about the show. Leave us a review, a rating. If, if you're as um, active as Aaron, perhaps we'll have you on a, uh, a future episode as well. But we, we, this is all about building community and answering questions and trying to spread the word about programming. And I'm glad that it's working and, and that we're getting positive feedback. Um, we're on uh, Apple Podcasts, on um, Google, as well as YouTube. So hopefully you'll find us there and plenty of opportunities to leave us comments. Uh, uh, we'll leave it at that. And this has been Ask the Programmer. <laughs>